0: Onto my outline, and I thought I hit control C and everything went away. I said, That's so awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to repaste and do everything so it isn't there, so so we uh redid it. But uh this afternoon, uh uh this morning uh, we went down to be with uh Pastor Lucas and uh at St. Paul's Missionary Baptist Church down in Oak Park and for the memorial for his wife Tina, and uh their two grandsons. So this was the memorial service today for the family. So you have 23-year-old son, a and 19-year-old, and 23-year-old, and then Sister Tina. And uh, so just a, uh, an amazing thing. But it, uh, um, in the middle of all that, it was powerful to see what God did. And uh, I decided that uh, for my service, I want to have a black memorial service i been, I'm going to get all my black pastor friends, I'm going to have a bunch of them, I'm going to have them do my memorial service. They know how to how to remember life, how to Amen. declare and how to rejoice. So we spent three and a half hours <laughs> having church. It was awesome, it was awesome. We just had church, had a great time, worshiped the Lord. Our friend Pastor Elsie Sims, I'm going to have Pastor Elsie come up from South Sac and preach for us and that. And uh, I, I, I don't know why over all these years I have a tremendous amount of, uh, of great friends In the ministry and in life, but uh, we live in an area where we just don't have that many black people, and and cultural. But I believe God wants us to be a multiracial church. I I, I believe that with all my heart that we're supposed to be a multicultural, multiracial church. We're supposed to. The church is supposed to look like heaven. Amen. And uh, so it was funny, I, I, when we were down at the House of Prayer in Oakland, I asked, we're just ministering and that, and pastor's hanging out, and so as we were leaving, Pastor Elsie and I are just loving on each other, and I go, Pastor, I need you to help me, you need to teach me how to reach the black people in my community. He says, well, I need you to teach me how to reach the white people in my community. <laughs> <laughs> so it was awesome, amen. So we're, we're both reaching in the same direction, and that's how you build a bridge of reconciliation, Amen. And uh, so uh, but he got up today and he just prophesied man. he just tore it up and so they had they, they had three apostolic eulogies. so uh, it was powerful and so they had uh, this lady uh, preacher get up and I'd never met her, but then I know Pastor Elsie and then my dear friend Cal Cook from San Jose was there. And so the service going and I turn around and I see this brother just coming in. And Cal has the most amazing walk. Just so cool. Just, you just like, I said, man, that's Cal. And then God just put us together. So through all this, we got to reunite. It's been several years since we connected. And then we're hugging and loving on each other. It says, wow, my wife is just telling me, where is Don Pritchard <laughs> And so I, I love the Lord. Amen. He yeah. just took things up and put things together. But a great, great, great time today. And that and uh, a lot of that has uh, we, we have friendship to come there. But those are spiritual friendships that I have. Those are not natural relationships. Those are spiritual relationships. So we're talking about life in the spirit and flowing with God in the spirit. And uh, so I just want you to be in tune that God has a way. It seems like people come in and go out of our life from different things, and then God puts you together. And when (laughs) when he brings people back into your life, it's always connection for purpose. Mm -hmm. Amen. So there's things that God does in your life doing different things, but then he brings you back together when things connect. There's always purpose to connection. Amen. So I'm excited to see what God has in store. We'll get Pastor Cal back up here, and uh, I, I may have a do a whole season where <coughs> we just do uh, a whole, uh, whole long time of just having only black preachers come in and uh, get our church saved. I sit around, man. I was in St. Paul Baptist Missionary Church, man. And these guys are tearing it up. I turned around to Don Proctor. I said, I'm going to become a Baptist. Amen. These guys are having church. They make us look dead, man. They're tearing it up. Amen. One sister dancing, falling out on the floor and stuff like that. Man, and these guys are Baptists. I'd hate to go to a Pentecostal church. I'd get scared and run out. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Hallelujah. But, amen, it was good. If you your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Tonight so we're just going to continue on Sunday morning. We just kind of did an introduction and kind of a... Uh, just a, uh, a way of uh, encouraging more people to come out on Tuesday nights as well as so much that we minister on on Tuesday nights, uh, the people on Sunday don't always get. So got continuing on and we're going to continue the same theme uh, for a season here, but just on the Holy Spirit, the missing link in our lives and in our churches. And uh, it's on the cover there, your outline. We're going to read Romans 8 in just a moment. But let me just say this. There's nothing natural about life in the Spirit. There's nothing that you're not gonna naturally walk in the spirit. You have to purpose to walk in the spirit. There's nothing natural about there's spiritual. And there's natural and you have to purpose as we ended Sunday morning, second service that John purpose that it was on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You have to purpose to enter into the spirit. You have to purpose to be in the spirit. You have to purpose to walk in the spirit. You have to purpose to pray in the spirit. And, and so to connect with the Holy Spirit, you have to purpose to 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 flow, agree with the flow of the spirit through your life. Amen. So it, it takes active engagement. And so I have two questions here. What happens when we try to do church, and, and, and I put with there, but I meant to put without the Holy Spirit. What happens when we try to do church without the Holy Spirit? You might want to write down there, you just get religion. When you do church without the Holy Spirit, all you end up with is religion. But he's the one who makes us to church. How many would agree? The question is, what happens when we try to do life without the Holy Spirit? I believe you get failure. Amen. We we were not meant to do life naturally by ourselves. And every time I say something correct, God always confirms with the phone call. (laughs) Sorry. Amen. But He is the one who is our life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are where In Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of what life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Father, I thank you that in these next few moments, as we just open your word, you're going to just cause new truth. To come alive on the inside of us. Father I thank you that you're stirring a hunger and desire. Inside of each one of us as your people. To walk with you in the spirit. By the spirit. In a greater way. In a deeper personal relationship with you than we have ever had or known before and we thank you holy spirit for being the one who is here as our helper we need you we rely upon you and we draw upon you tonight in jesus name everybody said Amen. Amen. amen so think about it nothing about our lives or our church was meant to be natural Probably most of what we do in church is natural, but it's meant to be spiritual. Life in Christ is spiritual, and we have been given an open invitation to walk in and live with Him by and through His Holy Spirit. Amen? So tonight, we're just going to take a walk through Scripture. And I want you to begin by turning to Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to walk through some Scripture. We're going to read some Scripture. We're going to end up in the book of Acts and walk through portions of the book of Acts. And then next week, we're going to break down, beginning in Romans chapter Twelve, and then in First Corinthians chapter twelve, and then go into Ephesians chapter four. But there's when we talk about spiritual gifts or the ministry or the gifts of the Spirit in our life, many times people do the same thing they do with prayer: is that we take something, we put it all in a bag, we shake it all up, and, and we don't uh, uh, define things as true. There, there's a merismos factor. Hebrews chapter four and verse twelve: for the word of God is sharper and more powerful and quicker and more powerful than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder. The dividing asunder. The word dividing asunder there is the word merismos. And and it stands for, it does that, that God brings separation for the purpose of clarification, for the purpose of unification. Okay? So the word of God clearly comes and divides and separates things so that we can have clarity and understanding. So when we put things back together, we have a unity, a unification of truth. Are you with me? And so we need that. And so when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, many people take all the gifts of the Spirit, put them all together, and lump them all together. Well, Romans chapter 12 are the gifts of grace in your life. They're your motivational gifts, the gracing gifts that that, that each person walks in. Everybody has a distinguishing uh, area in there in Romans chapter 12. If you take a gift quest text, then then, then people take, well, take spiritual gifts, and it finds out where I fit in the body. And, and it's kind of your personality, it deals with your personality. When I take those tasks, I always come out as a prophet teacher. OK, and so I'm, I'm a prophetic teacher is, is where I fit into. You might come into ministering, into serving and other areas and given to hospitality people. I'm given here. And, and so we give people spiritual, a spiritual gift test. And then we help them find a place where they fit in the body and functionality in the body. But then the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the spirit. So we have the, the grace gifts, But then we have the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit and those work by the will the Holy spirit. And that's where you're the vessel and he's the driver that that's where you agree to, to walk in agreement with him and allow him to flow through you with his gifts and his ministry to minister to the need that is before you in somebody else's life. It's not a, the, the gifts of the Holy spirit on some that we, we don't get to claim them. They work by the will of the spirit. They're they're, they're given by him and and they work according to his will. And he wants you to be a vessel that he can flow through and minister to. There may be somebody before you that needs a word of knowledge. Today at at the service, they gave an altar call. Uh, Quite a few people got saved there. And so it's awesome that God turned death into life amen tragedy into victory and, and so and then they had us come up and pray for people and so here's this whole crowd of people and there's some ladies there and then right there as i stepped forward to pray for that i was praying for these three ladies and one of them was a young girl and then the spirit of god just began to move and i began to pray prophetically over this young girl she began to break down and just everything and, and so god will use you right at that moment but she needed that prayer to be a word of wisdom and, and, and a word of knowledge over her life and it brought a release to her life amen And so it would have been no good for me to say, well, I I, I just interpret tongues. You know, or to stand off and and, and claim one gift. The, the gifts of the Spirit are gifts that we claim. We don't get to go in there and pick the one we want. They work by the will of the Spirit. And then you have Ephesians 4, which are the ministry gifts of Christ. And it says that Jesus gave gifts of the men. The Holy Spirit gives his manifestation. The Father gives us the gracing gifts. He, he Those are placed inside of us. And, and, and then The Holy Spirit gives us his ministry gifts, and then Jesus gives the the five-fold ministry gifts he gives unto men. Amen? So we'll go through this and break this all down. But look with me on the inside of your outline. Jesus gave some final instructions to his disciples. It was not to try to do life or ministry without the Holy Spirit. The last few things that Jesus said to his disciples was don't do life and don't do ministry without the Holy Spirit. We're going to see that in just a moment. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, if you're there, John the Baptist speaking, he says, I indeed baptize you with water and repent, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? fire, refining fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And fire also represents power. Go with me to John chapter 1. We're going to walk through these verses that are in your outline tonight and read, try to read almost all of them, and then we're going to pray together. Amen. How many believe God has something for us tonight? Okay, John chapter 1. See, if if I know the truth and and I know what the Word of God says, then the devil can't cheat me out of it. Amen? Amen. And so, John chapter 1, beginning verse 29, it says this, Then the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, this is he whom I said, After me comes a man who ha- who is preferred before me? For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, "I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and remaining upon him." Everybody, everybody say upon him. Yeah. See, it's so important when we talk about the Holy Spirit. There's aspects of the Holy Spirit that we have to understand. How many know Jesus was born of the Spirit? He was made alive by the Spirit of God. So so his life was in the spirit. You and I, we are born again by the word of God, the incorruptible seed on the inside of it. And the, the life of God lives in us. But then there's this anointing that comes upon us. The baptism of the Holy spirit is the anointing of God coming upon us. It's just being clothed and anointed with the power of God for the purpose of ministry. Are you with me? And so I said, remaining upon him, verse 33, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he, everybody say, this is he, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And, and it's interesting the, the word, how baptism works. We're supposed to be baptized in water for the remission of sin. But the Bible also says that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. And so you are baptized, you are immersed into the body of Christ. But now here it says that Jesus is going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. So he is the baptizer and the Holy Spirit is the element or the substance if you would that we are being baptized or immersed into. And when you're baptized, the water when you're when you're baptized, the water isn't supposed to go in you. If the water goes in you in baptism, we have a problem, amen? <laughs> but, but the water is upon you. And so this anointing is upon So Jesus is coming, and he's going to be our baptizer. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So John declared that Jesus is the Son of God and the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Then look over at chapter 3, if you would, with me, beginning in verse 30. And John says, speaking later, he says, he who comes from above, or verse 30 says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Let me just say this, to live in the spirit, the Holy Ghost is going to have to big and you have to get small. Mm -hmm. The hard part about walking in the spirit is to let him take control, to be led by him, to be a follower, not a leader. Amen? So, So it means there has to be some decrease in our life for us to see the increase of the spirit working in and through us. Hallelujah. So he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testify. And no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. Please underline that in your Bibles. You have your personal word with you tonight. Just underline that. God does not give the Spirit by measure. He's not just referring to, and religious people have told us for the year, see there, Jesus didn't have the Spirit by measure, but we can't do it because we only get a measure of the Holy Spirit. That is nowhere taught in your Bible or in the Scriptures. The Bible says that of his full. We have received. You are filled with the fullness of God, not a measure, but the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You need to have the faith that God didn't give you just an itsy bitsy tiny bit. He gave you the fullness of who he is. Just like we said Sunday morning that with the man with legions was filled with thousands of demons because on the inside of you, you are a container made to be filled with the fullness of God. Spirit capacity. You have the capacity to be filled on the inside with the fullness of God. When God breathed into Adam, he breathed all of his spirit into Adam. Adam was a full spiritual being, not just an itty-bitty spiritual being. Are you with me? And so you, you, you have a full inheritance, the Holy Spirit, as we said Sunday morning, is the down payment that we have that full inheritance in Christ. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son does not, uh, does not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. If you have your Bibles, I wrote in the margin of my Bible, that is not good. Amen. Every now and then I write myself, avoid that. Amen. I put little notes in there. That's not good. Avoid that. Learn from that. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And then go back in chapter three just a little bit because chapter three begins with Nicodemus coming to warn Jesus about the plot that is against him. And Nicodemus Nicodemus thinks he's doing Jesus a favor. And in verse three, Jesus speaks to him. And says most assuredly I say to you Nick Unless one is born again He cannot see the kingdom of God Nicodemus said to him How can a man be born when he is old Can he enter a a second time Into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered and said Most assuredly I say to you Unless one is born of water and the spirit He cannot enter the kingdom of God So it's not just enough to be a natural person And and be a, a good person Who believes in God You must be born again And you must be born of the Spirit. And when you're born of the Spirit, you're born into a spiritual life. To be able to walk and live in, by, and through the Spirit. No longer being confined to just natural mean, natural ability, natural strength. Being worn out, being drained out, being frustrated, being filled with anxiety. Come on, we break through by the Spirit. Amen? Living by and through the life of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so he says that. And then he goes on. Jesus said, most assuredly. And then in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is what? And that which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. So we want to focus on the fact that we are now born of the Spirit. So Jesus was born by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and anointed with the Holy Spirit. Everything he did was through the power of the Holy Spirit in and upon his life. Turn back with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 4. Look at what Jesus said. He gives an account. Of his life. He's baptized by John, and in Luke, we have the chapter 4, we have the account of him going into the wilderness, being tempted by the devil, and then he comes back out of the wilderness, and it says, in verse 14, Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Isn't it amazing that here we have Jesus and He is the Son of God. He's born of God. He's God's only begotten Son, but yet He does no ministry until the Holy Spirit comes upon Him. And He declares everything He does is not by the fact that He is the Son of God, but by the fact that the Holy Ghost is upon Him. Amen, And it's the same Holy Spirit, it's the same anointing that you and I receive because of the promise of the Father. Jesus says, I'm receiving the promise of the Father. I'm going, and you go wait, and He's going to be poured out upon your life. The same Spirit that's been on me, His fullness, His power is now going to be upon all of God's people. Amen. Everybody, I need you to hear that tonight. Everybody has an equal anointing of the Spirit of God. And if we can ever get your face stirred up to believe, I'm just a stupid old concrete construction worker who got saved and believed that God would use me. And I started reading about the Holy Ghost. I said, man, I believe that, that God wants to use me in the gifts of the Spirit. And I begin desire to prophesy. I begin desire to be used by God. When you get a hunger and a desire to be used by God, and you go, wait a minute. God is no respecter of person. Yes, there are gifts, and, and there are positions, and there are things that need to be honored, and there's areas of respect, but one isn't greater than the other. We all work together. We're functioning together. That's why God shows us as a body. He doesn't make us different parts and, and, and unnecessary parts. Hey Amen. Just go to the doctor tomorrow and say, doc, I believe my body just has a lot of unnecessary parts, kind of like the church. And I just want to give you permission to remove all the unnecessary parts out of my body. He'd look at you like you were crazy. He would say, you don't have any unnecessary parts. You don't have any insignificant parts. We found out that you can get along without some parts. You could do all right without your spleen, and we could, like, take your appendix out, and, you know, we could probably, you know, remove your gallbladder. It'll affect your diet and stuff. But, you know, you'll still be able to function to almost full capacity, and you know, there are some other things we could take out, but the more we keep taking out, you know, you'll, you, you'll be able to function but at a diminished capacity. So, so, so even though medical scientists found out that there's some parts that you could get along without, you're, you're at a diminished capacity. And in the body of Christ, any, anytime somebody believes the lie of the devil that you're not significant, that your part doesn't matter, then the body as a whole is operating at a diminished capacity. But what if every member believed, wait a minute, I'm significant? Glory right. to God, I might be a spleen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I'm a, you know, they, we said, well, you don't need your tonsils. That's right. oh. I mean, it used to be when we were kids, the first time you got a cold, they cut your tonsils out. That's crazy. I said, wait a minute, if God put them in there, they probably were designed to stay there. That's right. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Amen, I still have mine glory to God. Oh, God hallelujah. Hold on. But we had a whole, whole ge- several generations there that went there the first time you got a cold, cut the tonsils out. Yep. They say, why? Well, they're catching germs. I thought that was their job. Yeah. Amen. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm so glad that g- doctors are smarter than God. Yeah, really. Are we doing all right? Yep. How many know that's not true? I didn't get too many amens right there. Yeah. amen so look at what Jesus said he's going on here and he's doing it all by the spirit of God so Jesus here's the son of God said doing everything by the spirit of God I'm saying this because the same anointing that he's declaring is upon him is now available to you but you have to believe that you've been given this ability to live in through and by the spirit to be a spirit being you are a spirit being you were natural but now you're alive unto God in the spirit and look at what he said it says, and he came to Nazareth and he, and, and, where he had been brought up in verse 16. And as his custom was, he went to church on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me, not in me, but he is upon me. And so John said, When you see the one whom the Spirit comes upon and rests upon and stays upon him, when you see the one anointed with the Holy Ghost, that's the Messiah. That's the one. Because he has anointed me, look at, to preach the gospel. He's anointed me to heal the sick and the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to captivity, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Call today, many. That young man was preaching the acceptable year of the Lord by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, was ministering to him. And that's what God has for you this anointing upon your life. You are the living body of Christ, anointed with the Spirit and with power. Could you say, Amen? amen. So the disciples begin to follow Christ, and for just over three and a half years, they witnessed a man walking in with and with the Holy Spirit. And then on the night of his betrayal, he teaches them about the Comforter, the Promised One. Think about that. The last night that Jesus is with his disciples before the crucifixion, the night of his betrayal, while he's there after dinner... He has this private teaching time with them, and then they leave and go to the garden. And in the garden, he's betrayed, and he's delivered, and he goes through his passion and the, and, and his, the cross and the death and the resurrection. And then after that, he meets with them and gives them some instruction. But the last instruction before his death at the cross... It's so important to listen to what he said, and he's giving these final instructions to his disciples. Go with me to John chapter 14. And look at what Jesus said. And we could read all of this, and just as good. In fact, I encourage you to read John. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, read these last moments and everything that he says to his disciples up until the cross. It is powerful, this last-minute instruction that he leaves. But in verse 16, he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you what? Another helper, and the word there is comforter, that he may what? Abide with you forever. You know, over the years I've had people say, well, I just don't feel God. Well, wait a minute. The Holy ghost abides with you forever. He does not leave you. The Holy spirit doesn't leave. You just turn yourself off to him. You just tune him out. We're professionals at that. People talk to and we're professionals at ignoring other people. We can ignore people. They can be in the same room. People can be looking right at you, talking to you. You don't even listen to a word they say. Yeah. Amen? We know exactly how to do that. Wives do that to their husbands. Husbands do that to their wives. Uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, And mm-hmm. You're just shining them on. Amen? But we do that with the Holy Ghost, too. Amen? But he's there with them. Well, I can't feel it. Well, if you pay attention to him. Amen. Pay attention. So he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you. Verse 17, even the spirit of what? The spirit of what? Truth. The spirit of what? Truth. 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 So we should be able to know the truth and not be deceived. He's a, you've been given the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He dwells with you and he's going to be in you. So now for you and I, when we're born again, the Holy Ghost isn't just abiding with me. Now he lives in me. Now get a hold of that. You you are alive with the spirit of God. Now who is the Holy Spirit? He's the full third person of the Trinity. He is all God, God. not part of God. I was going to get this picture of... of, uh, 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 kind of like this Cole come on up here Ray come on over Ray, Ray gets to be the Holy Ghost okay I'll be the Father Cole you come be the Son and Ray you, you come sit right over here and be the Holy Ghost okay you sit right over here and so come here Cole we're over here and so we just talk about the Father and the Son the Father and the Son glory to God the Father and the Son hallelujah what about the Holy Ghost? Oh, we just let him sit over there. No. No. He's just over there. Because every time he gets in mixed up with the Father and the Son, things get kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so we prefer if we just leave the Holy Ghost sitting over there. But this is the way it's supposed to be. Come here, Holy Ghost. This is what the Father and the Son said. The Holy Ghost, come here. The Holy Ghost is here, and we're over here. The Son is seated by the right hand of the Father, and we sent the Holy Ghost to be with you, and we're cheering Him on. Woo! And He's here for you. Yeah. Woo! Yay! Woo! Amen. But see, when he shows up, he shows up with a will. And he shows up with gifts and manifestations and expressions that push us out of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so we'd rather just switch places and get the father and the son back over here and leave him seated... And just talk about the Father and the Son. Because the Father and the Son don't express themselves through us. Doing all right? Yeah. But the Holy Ghost, when He comes, He starts moving on us. Yeah. Expressing Himself through us. That's wanting, right. to, wanting to talk through my voice. Amen. Come on. Amen. Wanting to make me act Unnatural. Spiritual. Are we doing all right? Amen. But that's God's chosen. The Father is seated in heaven. And Jesus finished his work. And he sat down and he says, I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending the Comforter to be with you. And so we major in the Father and the Son. Yeah, Paul preached the Father and the Son. But everything Paul preached by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit, by the Spirit, by the Spirit, by the Spirit, in the Spirit, with the Spirit, of the Spirit, flow, the walk, yeah, yay! Yeah. The Holy Ghost with the Spirit. Amen? Spirit. So we are a spiritual... Be- Go with me to John chapter 15. Watch this. In John chapter 15, verse 26, he says, But when the Comforter comes, whom I shall send you from the Father, the Spirit of who? Truth. Who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So the Comforter comes to testify of me. Then look at chapter 16. Look down at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Everybody say, my advantage. advantage. This is what Jesus is talking. He's talking to his disciple. He's about to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. He's about to go through the passion to be beaten, to carry our transgression to the cross, and he's telling his disciple, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Everybody say him. him. So the Holy Ghost is a person. He's not an it. That's right. The person of the Holy Spirit He says, I will send the person of the Holy Spirit to you. And when he, everybody say he, he. when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness of judgment, of sin because they don't believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot receive them now. However, if I say however. However, however when he, say he. The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. For whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. So if you're trying to know God and eliminating He, without the Holy Ghost, we're not going to get the truth. Verse 14, He will glorify me, and He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So how important is it for us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Just I hope you catch that picture. Leave the Father and the Son in heaven. Leave them seated in heaven. And tap in to the one who's here. Amen? He, he is here. Verse 15, all things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare to you. So you have a helper, you have a friend, you have a comforter who is waiting to declare and reveal things to you. Amen. But you have to choose to be in relationship with him. I get that, so we have, rela- we, we, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yes, Jesus, glory to God, in his name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. And Father, pray to the Father. Yes, in the Father. But the one with you is the Holy Ghost. So every now and then, talk to him. Say, yes. Yes. Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Yes. Holy Spirit, acknowledge him, recognize him. Amen. Give Him the honor that He is worthy of. The recognition. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is this good already? It was. So listen, His last instruction to them before ascending to heaven was to wait for the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit. Go to Luke 24. So then Jesus, he gives this instruction to him before going to the cross. But then after his resurrection, he comes back and he gives him some last partiness. Just before he ascends to heaven, he gives him another bit of instruction. Now watch it. Luke 24 and verse 49. It says, Behold, I send the promise. Everybody say the promise. My father upon you, but tarry, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. The word endued there means clothed, clothed clothed with, covered with, upon you. Power, till power comes upon you. Go to Acts chapter 1. Okay? Because Luke wrote the book of Acts and the book of Luke. And so they kind of dovetail together here. I would, oh, so the former account I made, O oh, Theophilus, verse 1, chapter 1, 1, of all the things Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit. Look at that. He through the Holy Spirit, he through the Holy Spirit, Jesus through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart to Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So he's commanding them, don't do life naturally. Wait for the spirit. Don't do it naturally. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then the disciples, always going sideways, start asking, Lord, what about the kingdom? Jesus said, that's not for you to know. Verse 7. The times or the seasons, the Father has put in what? His own authority. So just get this straight. There are some things that are in the Father's own authority that are blanks in your Bible. That means it's none of your business. Are you with me? Because you get all caught up in that and and trying to find the answer and fill in the blank. And you get distracted and you won't be a witness. And you think your job as a Christian is to fill in all the blanks and get all the answers. And you never lead one soul to Christ. That's right. Because you're caught up in all the spiritual things. Glory to God. How do you like me now? Glory to God. Amen. But Jesus said, verse 8, but you, say me. So Jesus said, but you, he's talking to you, but you will receive power. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Now get that. People, we get so intimidated, so afraid, because you're trying to witness naturally instead of by the Holy Ghost. Amen so I said about while well, we were camping that couple next to us and they're walking around and, and, and I'm just saying Lord you, you're going to have, give me an opportunity just to witness to them so they start talking to us about camping and doing stuff and we start telling them about where we go at Patrick's Point and doing that so I just pulled up some pictures of Patrick's Point that I had on my phone and I went over there to show it to them and then they started asking me questions and I got to share my whole testimony with them and pray God will give you opportunity he'll open the door to be a witness and then I'm getting to pray with them I got them crying God will use you because he's given you the power to be a witness. But what happens is something amazing happens when you get outside of yourself because you realize, wait a minute, I don't have to be intimidated about who I am in a person because I am not going to do this. The Holy Ghost in me, it is his power. It is his ability. It is his equipping upon my life. And he is the one Who's going to be ministering to me, to them. Through me, to them. Are you with me? It's exciting. Praise the Lord. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So then watch it. And then it happens. Peter declares in Acts chapter 2, this is that. God pours out the Holy Spirit. Jesus receives the promise, pours it out. He says, this has happened. And they were all filled. They're there. And everybody say, they were all filled. Because it says, and they all began. Everybody say, they all. They all be not some. Some there's some stupid stuff that. Well, you know it's not for everybody. No, it's not. You won't find it's not only for a few. It's only it's for everybody. There are people who talk themselves out of it and 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 cut themselves off and and and, and uh, disqualify themselves. But every place in the Bible, it was for everybody. Yeah. Now let me just say this: when it comes to people being baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's one book in your Bible that talks about it. That's the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the only book in the Bible that talks about people receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit, being baptized by Jesus as the one who was sent to be our baptizer. Amen. Amen. No other book in the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're going to walk through this when we get to the book of 1 Corinthians and people try to use that as an excuse to not speak in tongues. Because why? Because we would rather have the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost over here minding His own business. We want the Holy Ghost seated in heaven and the Father and the Son on earth with us. And we turn it around, but that isn't the way it works. Well, if the Holy Ghost comes, He's going to want me to talk in tongues. Absolutely. He's going to give you the opportunity to pray in the Spirit. I, mean, I, black. I remember when Brenda got baptized in the Holy Ghost. We were right, right inside that door after a Tuesday night, just like on a night like tonight. And she's in there. Her and Jenny are standing there, and and Jenny goes, "Pastor, Brenda wants to get baptized in the Holy Ghost." We stood there, and in just a moment, she just began to pray in the Spirit. It's powerful. It's just the flow of God coming through her life. And just right there, at any time, any moment, the Holy Ghost. They go, Wait a minute. And so you think about. It. Listen, to what we said Sunday morning, we gave that illustration. I hear Jesus, and we got people demons, possessed. Filled filled with the spirit, but demonic spirit, and demonic spirit speaking and using the voice of a human being. How much more glorious to be filled with the spirit of God and allow God. Are you getting this? I don't even know if this. I get so excited because I think, wait a minute. God wants to use my voice. How many of you ever said, somebody said, man, could, could, could I borrow your car, your truck? I need to get somewhere. Oh, yeah. And, and you felt so good that you had a reliable vehicle to let somebody. Yes, please use my vehicle. Yeah. Amen. God says, hey, can I use your vehicle? Can I use you? I need to go somewhere, but I need to go through you. I need you to be the vehicle that takes me where I need to go. And I need to say something, but, but I need you to be my voice. Are you kidding me? God wants to go through me, and he wants to speak through me. And you think I'm going to cut myself out of that? You got another thing coming, Bubba. I'm not going to cut. God wants to go somewhere through you, and he wants to speak through you. God wants to speak through you. God wants to use your voice to declare prophetic truth, hidden mystery into the earth. When you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says that that we're speaking unto God. And the Spirit, even when we pray, Romans 8, that when you pray in the Spirit, when you allow the Holy Spirit to pray in the language of the Spirit through you, the Bible says you pray the perfect will of God for the saints. You mean I can pray in the spirit and my prayer is the perfect will of God. You mean I don't have to try to figure it out. I don't have to have the end? No, I just have to say, God, this is a station. Tune into this station and broadcast through mine, there you go. through Amen. my life. Amen. It, it's like being a radio and God's broadcasting through you. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, good. I'm gonna buy this tape myself. <laughs> Amen. So watch this, and then it happens, and Peter declares that the promise is to all. I don't have time. to close. I need the worship team to come back. I have to quit tonight. We'll pick this up next week. Are you doing all right? All right. How many are ready for life in the Spirit? Amen. Come on. I, I just tell Cole. You know, we get caught up doing church, and we just caught up. Being, it's, it's not. It's not. It's natural to be natural. It's just natural. It's natural to be natural about going to It's natural to be habitual. We're, we're creatures of habit. We're creatures of routine. We're creatures of pattern. And we just get in this flow of being natural. And then say, wait a minute, when was the last time I really purposefully sought the Holy Ghost and really connected with the Holy Spirit and purpose to walk in the Spirit? Purpose to be filled. That's, that's why Paul, because he said, hey, Ephesians, he says, come on, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Ever be being filled. Keep drinking. The Message Bible says, drink large draughts of the Spirit. It's, it's just going, hold it. Say, Lord, just fill it up one more time. Lord, fill it up one more time. Come on, you, you can be a lush with God. Amen. Just a God, I just want to be full. And, and then you, that, that's why Jesus said that, that we'll get full. And then out of our innermost being, we'll get so full that it begins to flow out of us. And that's what happens with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is that Jesus baptizes you, He immerses you in the Holy Spirit, and, and then with that, this the Holy Spirit, we just yield. To him, and 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 this voice begins to speak up out of my spirit. The voice of the spirit comes and says, "Hey, can I use your voice?" And you just open up at any moment at any time and the Holy Spirit will begin to pray through you and you can just begin to work because the Bible says when they were baptized with the Holy they, they begin to magnify and to glorify God and to declare his praise. Sometimes I want to praise him but I'm so limited. How do I give God the glory that he's worth? Oh I'll tell you how I can do it. I can declare by the Spirit, the glory that he is worthy of. Hallelujah! Glory to God. But the devil says, hey, don't do that. Think about yourself. Stay natural. Stay natural. Stay limited. Stay in your own power. Stay in your own lane. Hey, you know what? I could give a flying rip what people think about me. Because I want to know what the eyes of God think when they look upon me. Yes, that's right. Amen. And I want him to see somebody say, God, here I am. Come on, let's stand to our feet. If you're here tonight and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's somebody here named Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And He's here as your baptizer tonight. And He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with power. It is the promise of the Father. Peter declared it. It's a promise. It's the gift of God. It's to you. It's to your children. It's to your children's children. And to as many generations as are a far off. It's an everlasting promise to you, to humanity, for God to pour out His Spirit upon you. So you're here tonight and you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you say, Lord, I want that life and that flow coming through my life. I I want to pray in the Spirit. I'm ready for that release in my life. See, the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, it says that they heard that they had received the Word, and they had been baptized for the remission of sin. But as of yet, the Holy Ghost had not fallen upon any of them. So they sent for Peter and John to come down and lay their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So you're here tonight. You're saved. You know you're born again. We're not talking about getting saved. We're talking about entering in and receiving the promise of the Father so that you can have a full life in the Spirit. Cole and I are going to pray for you. Tim's going to come up. and help us pray. But if you're here tonight and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking another tongue, and we'll get into that more next week, then come on right now. We want to pray for you. Anybody here, you need that? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. You ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, no, I think I'll just stay in my own Strength for a while. That's all right. Amen. But God has it for you tonight. If you're ready, come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. It never works until we, we're not twisting anybody's arm. It's like drink. Come on. The old thing you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink.